Hi, I'm Deepak Madnani, entrepreneur, problem solver, and amateur barista. I am on a mission to help forward-thinking entrepreneurs succeed and grow by understanding two simple rules. Crisis is a clarity opportunity, and the question is never really the question. Today, I am putting my barista skills to the test and sharing a cup of coffee with resilient problem solvers from all over the world. Let's get started. In this episode of Deepak Has Coffee, we hear a part two of my interview with Dr. Jonathan Levine, a world-renowned oral health expert and specialist in aesthetic and functional dentistry in practice for 35 plus years. In part one, Dr. Levine shared how he stays focused on his vision for success by surrounding himself with a supportive team. Jonathan and I explored what it means to build a team from scratch, the biggest things to consider when looking for people to join your business endeavor, and how to identify and support the culture of your company. You can hear part one on episode nine of Deepak Has Coffee. In part two, Dr. Levine returns to share simple strategies for delegating and hiring when you're used to doing everything yourself. During our conversation, Jonathan and I also discuss the power of team building, empowering others to take ownership of your vision, and being open to the discovery process of entrepreneurship. And now, part two of my interview with Dr. Jonathan Levine. John, as you were talking, I, I think we, we just went into a zone of the entrepreneur world. So let's open that door a bit. And this is another thing that's just, you know, in the last, especially the last three or four years, I've had so much clarity on. And this is why it's a journey, guys. Guys, this is why it's a journey. You know, you have to go through the journey. You won't understand. I think it was Kobe Bryant who said, I can't talk about my level of training because nobody will understand the level of training I do. And I'm not saying I am of that level. But I'm talking about you have to go through the grind. The grind is part of the process. I always say it's, it's the raw material for growth. You know, we, we talk about growth here. So, you know, people talk about this podcast, who's listening to it. I use the word growth entrepreneurs. We're not about sitting still. This is how we're built. It's who we are. Oh, why can't you sit still? Are you better than me? No, that's just we, we constantly want to do things differently. That's just who we are. You know, there's some people who who do other things, you know, but this is who we are. Okay. We constantly want to do things differently, but there is a whole mindset. There's a whole language. There's a whole, uh, I want to use the word process around the entrepreneurial world that is not spoken about. Nobody teaches these concepts, right? Nobody teaches these concepts of capability and energy. Oh yeah. Where in your high school or college life did people say, find somebody with good energy? That, that has, is anybody even doing this today? Find somebody with good energy. No. Find somebody whose values match. No. Right. No, no one's talking about that. Okay. And it's so interesting because the entrepreneur world, and that's the beauty about podcasting. And that's the beauty about where we are today in the entrepreneur world. And I know Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coast talks about this a lot. That's what's, I think, motivating him a lot. And then let's, let's come back. Let's come to this word coaches. Coaching is a new management consulting. Right. He says that a lot. You know, it's really, and, and I was always wondering, what's he talking about? Right. It's because management consulting is what's defined the, the corporate world. And guess where, guess where we get a lot of our information? The corporate world, because guess what's, guess what's in the news? Corporate world. <laughs> they're the ones driving the agenda, right? No right or wrong, but they're the ones driving the agenda. Right. Yeah. I mean, how many entrepreneurs have written stories or books? Not many, you know, in context. Versus the global media, not many have written and shared their stories. And when they do share their stories, 
It's a success story. I have no, no, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I respect it, but I have no use for a success story. I mean, what can I, I mean, right? Well, that's what we say. We say we learn more from failures than, of course, the wins, but that's another mindset. You know, people beat themselves up when they fail. The truth of the matter is that you need to embrace it because if you're nervous about failing, you'll never take risks. But when you take risks, you have to realize that if you're going to fail, well, they say fail fast. That's okay. Take those learnings, play it forward. And it's literally part of the software business, right? That came out of agile innovation, mm. work, and building MVPs and test learn build model. And basically you're embracing the failure. And when you think of it that way, you don't angst yourself. You don't give yourself anxiety and beat yourself up. You say to yourself, I took the risk. I learned this. I'm moving forward. I ain't looking back. I'm looking forward. Take the learnings, but I'm moving forward. And some of the mistakes that, that I think we people make is that they get consumed by the fact they took some risk and it didn't work out. Mm. And the truth is that if you never took that step forward, you, you never learn because mm. that's the learn. That's the validated learnings, and that, that plays you forward for a better chance of success. You know, there's two strong themes that, again, it's that whole question of, and I'm going to ask you that, this question at the end, about, you know, what I would have told myself 20 years ago, every year, well, now it's 25 years ago. <laughs> but, you know, one thing is learning about, let's use the word hiring, but actually I would use a different word today, which is collaborating. Okay, learning about collaborating. You know what that means. Find the right people and finding different ways to work with people. Okay, number one. And number two is learning from the non-successes, right? The failures. Learning from even the hard failures uh, the, or the hard successes. Learning from that. But actually taking out time to, you know, as part of your, I don't know, is it your weekly strategy or your monthly strategy or quarterly strategy? You take two or three days with your teams and say, you know, we're shutting down. We're just going to go and evaluate what we did in the last three months and extract the learning. You know, talk about accelerated growth. These are just two things I tell entrepreneurs now. You are learning about how to collaborate. Let's use this word. Let's, let's throw the word hiring out. Hiring is a function. Oh, you can under the word collaboration. And, and we can talk about that later. But, but that's just, this is, this is some of the entrepreneur language that I'm hoping entrepreneurs will pick up. And two is uh, strategic coach uses the word uh, experience transformer. Okay. There are some tools that I've taken from myself and from strategic coach and, and just mix it up where we're taking A, B, C and failure learnings, but really extrapolating them with different conditions. And those conditions are based on who you are. Mm -hmm. So coming back to the uniqueness, because that's another thing. We're always, we're reading somebody else's books or we're looking at somebody else's playbook and then copying it because that's learning, right? That's what, that's what we want to do. Mm -hmm. The tweak that we need to do is, okay, as I'm copying it, let me understand what works for me and what doesn't work for me. How I succeed, John, will be different from how you succeed. Correct? Can we, I mean, that's. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. We talk about, okay, another word from strategic coach, unique ability, right? There's unique right. value proposition, there's unbeatable competitive advantage, there's unique value, right? What is it? Again, this is another language that needs to come up and become mainstream for entrepreneurs. I spend so much time in denial of who I was, John. This is where I, you know, you have a default setting 
I'm not saying your life has been easy, but you have a default setting where A, you make it look easy, but B, when the failures hit you, you're just like, bring it on. Okay. Okay. Let's go. You know? And this is like the kind of people also that you want to be surrounding yourself with. They could be advisors. They could be mentors. They could be partners, collaborators, but these are the people that you want to be around with. Right? Right. John, I'm going to pass this. I I know, I know you're, you're thinking. I'm going to pass pass this back to you. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. Let's talk about for a second that unique ability because you can we can dig in more and, and we learned this at Strategic Coach and we're very blessed. First of all, the most beautiful thing about Strategic Coach is the people I knew and the people I met who are, who are now my friends and my colleagues like yourself. And uh, we stay in touch and post-COVID, we're all coming back. Definitely. But what we learned was that there are things that were asked to do that we hate doing and we're not very good at. In fact, we're terrible at. Then there's things that we're asked to do that we don't love doing, but we become good at it. And then there's things that we're super passionate about and that we'll become really good at. It. And they say that we should do that about 80% of the time. Now, when you realize that, you don't beat yourself up about not being very good at something because we're not very good at it. Like all of a sudden, you know, I'm not very good at building a PL. Well, guess what? That's not my personality. And I know I need my Rick Hines, who's my CEO of Glow Science on my hip because I can think of good ideas. I'm good at strategy. I know what my strength is, but it's not building a P&L. And, you know, I got pretty good at reading it and understanding it over the years, but we have to appreciate who we are. So that's one thing I think that's, you know, really so important as we learn and understand about ourselves, because some of this is awareness building, you know, is becoming aware of some of these concepts that totally. we didn't really know before, totally. you know, you know, and that's why as we go through the decades, when we go from our thirties to our forties to our fifties, as you go up in those decades, there's a wisdom. We always think about, you know, our grandparents, our parents, there's a wisdom that falls out of the generational play here. That is truly amazing. There's an appreciation and it's the experience that we all gain of going through life. And the question is, are we going to be, open-minded and we're going to breathe it in and have adopt that mindset of consistent and constant learning, which helps define the entrepreneur or not. And, and I know people in my life who don't, who are not open-minded or who, who think they kind of know the answers to things. And that's not going to be good going forward because you're not in that constant learning mode. And then the collaboration doesn't happen because you don't really want to hang around people like that. The collaborative spirit, you've got like-minded people who love love the interaction, love the back and forth, love the whiteboarding sessions, love the strategy and working together. And, it, and it's, the, it's the furthest thing from group think because everybody's got their own point of view, their POV, but everybody also has their unique ability, just like the basketball team and, and the baseball team. And I have a friend that says this. They, he says uh, he built a serious brand. And he would say, when you dream, you got to dream bigger. And when you do it with people you really love, that's when the magic happens. And when I heard him say, and I read that in one of his books, I said, man, you got, that is so right. And because when you love somebody, when you appreciate somebody, when you trust somebody, when you grow together, and then everybody's got their skill sets. That's when the multiplier happens. That's when the amplification and the, and the hyper growth of companies can happen. 
because otherwise you're finding things out, you're reacting, things take slower. You don't understand that your cost of goods are going to get better over time. You don't understand that it's a network effect to do business development. There's so many things that take time to learn. So yeah, it go it goes back. To, I hate to say it, but it goes it goes back to the most important side of the equation, which is the people side of the equation. And you know, I read something interesting over COVID, and I started embracing a guy named Matt Kelly out of Australia. And I don't, I don't know if you ever read Matt Kelly stuff, but Matt wrote a book called Rhythm of Life, and I turned my sons onto it. My sons are two entrepreneurs, twenty nine, soon to be thirty, and thirty three. They have a toothpaste brand with Lenny Kravitz. And they're building a whole oral care line. And of course, it's a family affair. What's the name of it? Their brand is called Twice, smiletwice.com. They started with toothpaste. They're rolling out four or five more products. And they're a complementary company to our company, which is more on the medical device side. So we have both science. I like to say we're a family of brands. That's a family. (laughs) You know, because we also, we also have the foundation, but I turned my sons on to Matt Kelly and Matt Kelly says, look, the difference with happiness and and real real growth is purpose. And we say, right, we talk about purpose in life. And he says that, we, I know it's somewhat trite, but he says that the purpose in life is to become the best version of yourself. And as a leader, it's to become, it's for everyone around you to become the best version of themselves. And that morning practice of thinking like that that brings in humility, but saying, who am I going to impact today so that they become their best versions of themselves, allows you to creatively sit back and never react into difficult situations and to really think through things in a way that that drives your thinking. And because purpose fills you up, it's such a, it's a, such a beautiful way to think about what we do in life. And, you know, we all slide a little sideways and we all react in a certain situation. But when we sit back a little bit and take that creative mindset and, and think purposefully, I, it's just, it elevates. It's a mood elevator. It's the way that I think will really spell just deep satisfaction and joy for people. So that was amazing. John's giving us a perspective of, it's the wisdom kicking in perspective. Okay. So the journey is the grind. Yes, it's hard. It's the learning curve. Yes, it's supposed to be like this, number one. So, you know, all you guys out there, guys and girls, when I, when I say guys, everybody, okay, all of you out there facing this, this is part of the journey. <laughs> there is no direct line up to success curve. And in fact, success in your head, in my view, success is how clear are you on your capabilities, on your unique value. You know, that's what success is for me. How fast is your learning curve? That's what success is for me. It's not a PL statement. That's, that's like a, it's almost like a sanity check, hygiene check, health check. And in fact, a PL statement for many people kind of, what's the word? It, it dulls the effect of the learning. Cause those people who do experience, it's kind of like winning the, uh, a lottery ticket. Those people that do achieve it early and miss out on the learning curve. Oh, they've just, They've put themselves back about 25 years. Can I say that, John? No, I, I think you make a great point. And I, and I would just add to say that if one only looks at your metrics, you know, mm-hmm. P&L, a KPI, you're missing out what's really what's most important. Because yeah. what's most important is the people side of the equation. That's just a measure to see how are we doing. It's great. How are we doing? But it's all of the actions we take 
to have these great conversations with your people, to inspire them, to fill them up, to, to coach them, you know, and to, and to work collaboratively and for them to know that you have confidence in them mm. and that we're going to, we're going to climb together. We're going to grow together, you know, and of course, the, on the human resource side is to identify the right people to, you know, as Collins would say on the, the right people on the bus in the right seat. I mean, that's as leaders or CEOs and, of companies and, and building your team, you know, that's hypercritical right from the get-go. But once you bring that person on and if they're faltering, it's not a knee-jerk reaction. Oh, I got to get that person out of my company. It's more about you saw something in that person. You brought them on the bus. They just might be in the wrong spot. Yeah. Or that you need to coach them up. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And, uh, and, and let's also be clear. We are driven by financial freedom. We are driven by impact. So that's not to say that we don't want comfortable lives. We don't want to be wealthy for whatever reason or whatever amount it is that, that, that you're aiming for. Please. Let, and no one's saying don't be like that. What we are saying, and to, to John's point, is the quality of the human that you're going to become you know, as you grow in this journey. Right. With all those, with the financial freedom and with the impact. And so, John, let's come to your I want to talk a little bit about your your purpose and your philanthropy. This is something that I know it. you're moving more towards. I mean, I can see that. But what are you doing? What's what's driving you here? Yeah. So and please tell us uh, about the uh, foundation. Yeah, the foundation. T two companies ago, we had a company called Ghost Smile that we ended up selling in 2008. And. We were, we were working with a couple different foundations, Autism Speaks and, and Operation Smile, and it was great. But when we then sold that company and started a new company once my non-compete ran out, well, we started a foundation because we really felt that we needed to have a soul of the company, but we wanted to have our own foundation to, to really have impact. And so we started Glow Science, and at the same time, we started the Glow Good Foundation. And um, I happened to have been on a trip with uh, friends of mine who had a foundation, Foundation Rwanda, and, and we went to Kigali. And if you remember the genocide, 900,000 people yeah. got killed in 90 days. It was horrific as the Hutus, unfortunately, the tribe attacked their Tutsi neighbors. And a woman uh, I met uh, had her teeth knocked out, and she survived the genocide. And they asked me, can we help? And I said, well, can we bring it back to New York to my clinic? And that was impossible. I said, okay, let's get an alginate. Let's get an impression. I'm going to make something in New York and I'm going to come back with a whole team. I'm going to work with your people, with the Foundation Rwanda. Foundation Rwanda, what they do is they support the children born out of the genocide from the rape. So they're born from the Tutsi women that were raped by the Hutus. They look like Hutus. They're kind of flat-faced and square versus the angular, tall, thin Tutsis. And so they're outcasts. So they raise money to be able to educate them, to get them out of their town and, and get them off to another school and very successful. So we said, we're going to come back. We'll help the foundation people. And we came back and this woman that we are in this one dental office, there's six dental offices for 9 million people. So imagine it's only for the expats. And wow. since then that has improved, but there I am in this small little operatory. I placed this these teeth in the mouth from a simple impression. They go in like it was magic. She looks so beautiful. She starts to sing and there's not a dry eye in the place. And we realized that we didn't just give her a smile back, but we gave her back her soul. And at that moment, it was one of the greatest feelings I've ever had in my whole career. 
of what I do because I do a lot of aesthetic work, but it's very different on Fifth Avenue, New York City and in Kigali where you're you're offering something to somebody and it changed my whole kind of feeling. I came back to New York, fast forward, Lenny Kravitz, my patient, is in the office listening to one of my hygienists, telling him the story. And Lenny says to me, Jonathan, you got to help my people. I go, Lenny, where's your people? And he says, in the Bahamas, in Eleuthera. Fast forward, I go down there and I see that they all have no access to medical care where he lives. They die from a bee sting and they, they have terrible oral health, modern diet, decay, just walking around in pain. And that was six years ago. And we go back every year. Last time, right before COVID, we went double missions, 110 people treated it almost a thousand people going to the schools with the public health team from my dental school that I'm very involved with Boston University. And the feeling of helping these people is probably, I have one of the greatest personal joys of watching my team. And I invite my friends from Spain who are clinicians or Brazil. And we have an amazing group of people because everybody's like-minded. Physicians and dentists working together, working collaboratively. And this is our foundation, the Glow Good Foundation. It inspired my sons because they said, I can't believe what you and your team does. They quit their jobs. They started their own company. We want to start a company all about the power of the smile. So generationally, what makes a dad feel better? And uh, Lenny Kravitz actually is their partner. So that's a very exciting thing. They're about to launch into Target uh, very soon with new products. And they're very connected to our foundation. And so we really believe, you know, when you're doing good, you're going to do well. And having that kind of social responsibility in business builds the culture and the feeling that is so authentic for people that you couldn't pay for that, that that is something that fills you up in such a big way. So I feel very strong about that, that it's got to be part and parcel of what we do as, as business people and to have that feeling. Yeah. Wow. That is a, it's a great story. But I mean, clearly it's driving you, right? And, yeah. and so let me post that story. Let me ask you, what would you tell yourself 30 years ago that you would have actually listened to? <laughs> I know there's a lot you would have told yourself, but what would you have told yourself that you would have actually listened to? I think my, if I look back, because I do think about this, and the biggest thing that I learned and what I would have told myself is to slow down. Mm. That I love the expression, it's a Les Wexner line who started the limited move slow to go fast because when you you do slow down your diligence is better the people that you surround yourself you're more you could be more thoughtful the people you bring in and and the knowledge that who is on your right and who is on your left and the alignment of your vision and your values vision purpose values you will align on that spend a little time in there is makes all the difference in the world because those are the biggest mistakes that i made and they're big mistakes. And uh, and you take those learnings and you move forward with them. But that that would be it. Yeah. The people. I love that. It is so it's always coming back to the people, but I'm I'm laughing because uh I'm relating to the fact that <laughs> in the last three, four months, uh, we've all had to adapt, right? I mean, you know, I'm a guy who was traveling to China every week, uh, Vietnam every three weeks. And then, you know, Europe, U.S., every three, four or five months, plus holidays and all that fun stuff, right? Family travel. So sitting, sitting here, right? So, you know, amazing to be in the family and all that. But I've also been hiring. 
right? I'm hiring in China, I'm hiring in Vietnam, I'm hiring in the UK. It's just, you know, it's it's insane how everything's adapted and we we adapt. But I tell people now on alignment of values, okay? I tell people on alignment of values. And you just said, you know, all the mistakes we've made and we've made big mistakes and, you know, some of them have been big. And I know, and I know what you mean because I can feel that energy because, oh my God, you know, painful, painful, traumatic, painful and financial. I mean, just everything, right? I mean, talk about from a family point of view, from a personal point of view, from everything, right? It's hitting everything, right? So talk about learning curve. Anyway, as I say, crisis is just a performance indicator, okay? As long as we can remember that. Anyway, but I tell people, listen, you know, when you're, when you're going to be a user collaborating, even though I'm hiring them or, or freelance or whatever, but I said, when you're collaborating with me, you're going to have the benefit of 5 million US dollars worth of education. Like, well, what are you talking about? So if I show you the PL and all the mistakes, <laughs> there's, there's 5 million US of, of losses in the last couple of years that I can share with you. Okay. And that's the advantage. That's the advantage I'm bringing to you. I say that half jokingly, of course, but yeah, I mean, yeah. half because, you know, it's painful, right? It's, right. You, you talk about the expenses, but we talk about the time. You talk about everything else. It's like 5 million US dollars worth. And here's the platform I'm giving you. So it's a, it's a big step up, right? So, it's funny that when you use that, it just made me made me think about the language I use when I'm when I'm onboarding people. You know, it's like, hey, it's, I've got five million dollars worth of lessons. <laughs> you know what? Here's here's a subsidy. <laughs> You're on. So, exactly. Anyway, John, that was awesome. Sure. Listen, is is there is there? Any, I've got all your contact details, so so people will know how to how to reach out to you. But is there anything else you you wanted to add to this? Or are we are we good? No, no. You know, look, I I think I think we're good. You know, something that I did recently. And I did it for the profession. And, you know, what happened is everybody got hit with COVID and you use the word adapt. And I think that's such a great, great word because we got hit with something we, we didn't understand. Mm. And our mindsets and how we navigated around that challenge is very instructive, especially now and for the future, because we don't know what's coming down the pipe. Yeah, And that ability to take on a mindset of, how do you adapt, which is really how do you reinvent and reimagine in the face of a challenge? And a challenge could be a virus. It could be a, a global economic falter. It could be so many things and earthquakes. It could be so many things that disrupts everything, disrupts mm. economies, disrupts governments. And so it's that mindset of reinvention, reimagining, and not just surviving, but really to move forward and, and with a thriving mindset. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I love that thought. It's very Simon Sinek-like, if yeah. any lovers of Simon Sinek, but it's very much like that where, where we really do, we really have that opportunity to, yeah. to take on that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Great. John, thank you. Thank you so much. I am better. Great seeing you, my friend. And hopefully I see you soon in Toronto. Definitely. Thank you for joining the conversation today. Did you have any moments of clarity? I would love for you to rate and review this episode. Your feedback is crucial to tailoring this content for your growth needs. If you would like to hear more, please be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn and or message me on dm at deepakascoffee.com.